Welcome to this edition of the He Doesn't Waste a Thing podcast. One of the things I really believe is that God does not waste any of the events of our life. He uses them all to help us grow in our relationship with Him and to teach us stuff about Him we wouldn't learn any other way. And so that's why my podcast is titled, He Doesn't Waste a Thing. And I just want you to think about that this for a little bit. No matter what you've been, in through, been through in your life, God is not wasting it. Uh, whether it feels like you're being on the sidelines with nothing to do, or you feel like this certainly couldn't be orchestrated by God where you're at right now, just remember God's not going to waste it. He's going to use it for His glory and to grow you into who He's called you to be. So if you listen to my last podcast, you know that I had uh, Jennifer Crow, the founder of the Beautiful Dream Society, on my podcast with me. And we just had so much to talk about, and I didn't want to stretch the podcast out for a really long time, so I decided to invite her back for part two. And so on our last episode, we talked a little bit about just how she became a Christ follower. Uh, we talked, uh, she talked very openly about her relationship and the, um, the ending of her marriage and kind of, you know, how she walked through that and some things like that. And on this episode, I really want to invite her to talk about something that she's super passionate about. I want her to, to give us, I'm hoping she has a Reader's Digest condensed version of the dream that started everything. And uh, so how did the beautiful dream society come into being and those kinds of things. So welcome with me to this podcast again, part two, Jennifer Crow. Hi, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me. You're the first person I've ever done part two with. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! You're a trendsetter, (laughs) right? (laughs) But you just have such an amazing life and such an amazing um, thing happening in your life. And uh, the beautiful dream society is, is a, uh, it's known around the world. It is impacting lives uh, all over the place, and it is really worth uh, its own podcast, and so its own episode on the podcast. So uh, back in 2008, she had a dream. Tell us about the dream. Yep. In my dream, I was on a boat and looking across a rocky coastline, and uh, I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version of the dream so we can talk more about Beautiful Dream Society. <laughs> okay. But there was a woman with hurting children, and she was looking at me across the ocean with tears streaming down her face, and she was saying, help me. But above her head in the sky, Melissa, I saw these letters that I'd never seen before. I mean, the, a word right. you know, that didn't look familiar to me. And in, in the dream, I thought maybe it was a brand name of clothing. Maybe it was a company, and the letters were L-E-S-O-T-H-O. And so uh, after she said, help me in the dream, uh, I woke up and went to Starbucks, took my kids to school, did my normal life. And I remembered that dream, I think, on the way home from Starbucks. And I was like, gosh, L-E-S-O-T-H-O, Lesotho, what in the world? Uh, L-E-S-O-T-H-O, what is that, Lesotho? And I did what any American would do, and I Googled and I found out that it was Lesotho, Lesotho, and it was a country in southern Africa, surrounded on all sides by South Africa. And I found out that it was the second highest per capita for HIV infection. Wow. And um, that began my journey of trying to figure out why in the world I had had this strange dream 
where a woman is crying, help me. Right. And I remember, I just wanted to talk about a couple of things that I love about the dream. The woman was actually, she looked like a seal. Yeah, they were all, there were hundreds of seals. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was trying to condense it. They were all seals and she was a seal and she had a pouch like a kangaroo. And all these baby seals were in her pouch in different stages of development. And as I watched, her pouch was torn or ripped somehow. All the babies went out into the water where they were going to be, uh, they were going to die because they were going to be separated from the mother. And that's when her face, the, the mother seal's face, turned into the face of a woman with, with brown skin. And that's when she said, help me. So you went on a, you didn't know how you were going to help her or how? I didn't know who she was. I didn't know. I thought, is there a real woman over there that needs my help? What in the world? So I I tried to Google and see, well, maybe there's an orphanage, you know, that needs my help. That makes sense. Right. And I I reached out. I I Googled Lesotho, and I tried to find someone. I told it. I reached out to people and said, I had this dream, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) It spelled out to me, and nobody answered me, Melissa. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) Because, well, crazy town, Jennifer, you just had a seal that said, help me. (laughs) Like, yes. And I mean, like, I remember you reached out to people like, Christine Kane. Yeah, and Christine Kane, Joyce Meyer, yeah, like Bill Bill Wilson from New York City. She's not fishing in the backyard <laughs> I swim in, but she is reaching out to people who, I mean, she. you are highly connected with a lot of people who have, uh, you know, world worldwide ministries, right, and right. you're reaching out to them and they're ghosting you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they're like, okay, right. Jennifer's crazy. Okay. Um, you know what? Hey, God. God's plan is the best plan. It is is the best plan. His plan it rarely looks like plan. what we think it's going yeah, to. It rarely does. So what ended up happening, Melissa, was um, I finally got the courage because because I wanted to just I found an orphanage over there. I wanted to send money, and uh-huh. I was like, "That'll be the end of my dream. We'll just support this orphanage." Right. But nobody felt comfortable sending money to a place in Africa that we'd never met before. Oh wow! Yeah. So for a whole year. I was like, come on, can't we send money? Can't we send money? And nobody felt like that was a good idea until someone said, look, if you go over there and meet them, then that might be something that we could you know, consider. Mm-hmm. So I had never been. The only thing I had been to England a few months before that mm-hmm. was the first overseas trip, other than I'd been to Australia in 1994, or 98, 98. So I'd been to Australia once and England once, but never been to I wasn't a world traveler. So right. I was raising five kids. And so anyway. It's time for anything when you're raising no, five kids. I couldn't go anywhere. And so anyway, I um, I knew of a, a friend of mine who lived in Botswana, which is two countries over. And I said, she had a ministry there. I said, look, if I, well, and I talked to my friend, Danita Estrela, uh, who's a missionary in Haiti. And I was telling her about my dream. And I was telling her that, well, maybe I'll just help. Larry Jones feed the children or help some other African mission. Right. You know, because I had, and she said, Jennifer, do you mean to tell me that you had a dream where a word is spelled, a country is spelled out to you, a woman's asking you for help and you're never going to go there? And I was like, wow, that really kicked me in the right place, right? I bet. And I said, okay, will you go with me? And she said, yes, I will. So I reached out to my African friend. Danita was going to go with me. And in the meantime, Teresa Pinson, who was a, a entrepreneur, dress shop owner in Edmond, had also had an experience with God um, in a retreat where God had told her she was going to be working in Africa. That happened in February. My, my dream happened in March. Wow. When we 
compared notes, she said, I'm going with you. So we all went over to Lesotho. And Melissa, that was the beginning of a journey in which lots of ups and downs, like a roller coaster, that God has providentially, you know the scripture that says that his word is a lamp to your mm -hmm. feet and a light to your path? Right. God has literally unfolded every step, one step at a time, for the last 10 years since that dream. Yeah. Right now we have a the only human trafficking shelter for victims of trafficking in the entire country of Lesotho. We have a church, Victory Church Maseru. We have a for-profit event center, Victory Hall, and we have an orphanage um, at Beautiful Dream Society in Lesotho. Uh, we raise awareness about human trafficking and human value all over the country of Lesotho. We've been in partnership with the Japanese government we have MOUs, Memorandum of Understanding, with the Lesotho government. We've gotten grants from the German government. Um, we're working on some grants with the U.S. government, but the U.S. Embassy there uses our data on human trafficking as a chief source for their TIP report, Trafficking in Persons report, which goes out all over the world. So they, they use BDS as a source for the country of Lesotho. So we have... Um, you know, here's here's a crazy thing. In 1987, I had an ex encounter with God where God showed me those scriptures about in Jeremiah where he said, I have called you as a prophet to the nations. Mm -hmm. And don't say I'm only a child because I would say, well, I'm only a woman. Right. And God spoke to me in 1987, I've called you as a prophet to the nations and don't say I'm only a woman. Of course, I had no idea. I thought, oh, he, nations, he just means, you know. Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, my neighborhood. <laughs> Kansas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had no idea, Melissa, that through the long journey of right. my life, that God would actually have me interacting with nations. So um, in August of last year, the Queen of Lesotho spoke at a fundraising event for Beautiful Dream Society. That's awesome. And she endorsed everything that we're doing. And so I'm, it's just a crazy, cra I'm giving you the, the tiny little yes. synopsis of 10 years. Mm -hmm. But it's been quite a journey. And in the midst of that, of course, I got a, I got a divorce. Mm -hmm. My 34-year marriage ended. And I lost my job, which I'd had for 22 years. And I started a business of my own where I turned my property into a wedding venue. So it's just been a crazy roller coaster ride, Melissa, but the the point is what's the name of your podcast again? He doesn't waste a thing. There you go. <laughs> so I am just um all of us are examples of that. Yeah. yeah. I tell people all the time, my life is just one big giant object lesson for God to use to teach other people something. And, um, you know, I think it's interesting when you think about the fact that um, there were times in your life where you said, like, I'm just a, first of all, I'm just a woman. Yeah. And, and let's just be truthful. In a lot of circles, women in ministry are kind of poo-pooed off to the side. Absolutely. Uh, we are fighting in a man's world for sure. And not yeah. that, and, and, and not saying that in a bad way or a derogatory way of anyone. It's just, I, I told, told somebody the other day, uh, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church. Mm -hmm. And when I was 15 years old, I knew that God called me to the ministry. And I said, you know what that means? And you knew what that meant at that time, right? And he laughed and I said, yeah, absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. uh, because in at that time, women in a Southern Baptist denomination was not something that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even to this day, having worked in, you know, I worked for Victory for nine years, and uh, there was still, I still felt some of that mm-hmm. uh, you know, oh, you're a woman kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I always figured I had two strikes. I was a woman and I was older than everybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and maybe it was just, and, and I know a lot of that's just my perception, but it's kind of that way that we count ourselves out. Like, sure. oh, I'm just a girl from Texas. Like, sure. what do I know about, I didn't even know what Lesotho was. No, I, thought, I, I had a music degree yeah. from college. I, I, yeah. I didn't know, I didn't know anything about human trafficking. I didn't know anything about Lesotho. Didn't know anything about Africa. Mm-hmm. I did not pick this, this job. Right. I I just and even today people you know God didn't tell me Jennifer do this. Right. All I have to go by is this hurting woman with tears saying help me. Right. And even today Melissa on the days that I'm like oh god I just need to retire I just need to quit doing this this is too hard you know my uh-huh. my whiny days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, Which we all have. Yeah. On my whiny days I still I see that woman's face and I say, well, is there anything I can do to help? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I could do this. I could do that. Well, okay. As long as I can, I'll just keep helping. Right. And honestly, I know that sounds so simplistic. That is what motivates me. That's it. And I am not, uh, I don't have the personality of like the cutthroat corporate leader. I'm I'm an INFP on the Myers-Briggs. Those are not supposed to be leaders. Right. I'm, I'm absent-minded. I'm creative. I'm disorganized. I'm I You're the least likely. I am the least likely. But here's what here's what happened to me, Melissa. The passion for the hurting people just gets me every time. Mm-hmm. And when I see, you know, we had a, a trafficking victim that I saw a few weeks ago when I was in Lesotho. Um she was sex trafficked and She's suffering horrendous abuse. She was locked in one room for two years. Oh my gosh! Never left that room. So just you know, imagine that. Had a little, had a little, you know, pot that she went in. Her food was pushed into her. She was a virgin when she was trafficked. She was sent over there to become somebody's housekeeper. She thought she was recruited by a close friend. Wow! Who knew where she was going, and she was handcuffed for a month imprisoned for two years. We found her in the hospital in Lesotho after she was rescued by police because a, a Lesotho man from her tribe happened to be coming to partake of the services and he found a woman from his country. You know, it's one thing to use and abuse a woman from another country that doesn't speak your language that's lower than you, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but when you meet somebody that speaks your language and they look like your sister or your mm-hmm. mother, it's really difficult. And and so he called the police and the police did a raid and rescued her. When I was in Lesotho recently, she was coming out of the hospital for the third time. Wow. And she's doing better. Yeah, She's doing better. But she's pregnant because of her ordeal. Her life has t- made a complete 180 from what she thought. But you know what? Nothing is impossible with God. Yes. And through the love and the power of the Holy Spirit and the caring people at Beautiful Dreams Society, we are seeing her life change. She's getting hope. She's beginning to believe the world is not such a horrible place as what she thought. And she's also getting healed physically. We had a doctor in Oklahoma that sent some medicine with me because they couldn't get that medicine in Lesotho. And we're, we're working on trying to find out what was that medicine, Louis, so we can see if we can find it. Sure. But um, anyway, these are just some of the 
struggles that we mm-hmm. deal with in Lesotho. And, of course, human trafficking is all over the world right it now, is. even in Oklahoma. Talk a little bit about uh, the Oklahoma kind of, because at one time you did have a, a human trafficking home in Oklahoma City. Uh, tell us a little bit about kind of what, t- what for the everyday like, people who live yeah, here and like sure. think, well, that could never happen in my neighborhood. Oh, yeah. We, we had a shelter for us, a state certified shelter for three years. Uh, we were the first human trafficking shelter in Oklahoma City, the second one in the state. And we helped 57 women. And we did a survey of all those women, an intake survey. And one thing we found out was 97% of them had been sexually abused as children. Right. Um, the others didn't answer that question. And so what we have realized, it, being sexually abused as a child doesn't mean you will be sex trafficked, but it makes you vulnerable to being used and abused in that way for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Because a little girl begins to say, oh, I guess that's what I have to offer. I guess that's my value. I guess that's what I'm here for. Right. I guess that's what I'm useful for. And so the typical Oklahoma sex trafficking victim was one of two. They were either sold for sex by their parent who was a drug addict. And this is in every little town in Oklahoma. As young as three years old to 10 years old. Wow. Okay, we saw that. Now they didn't come to us till they were over 21. Um, then the second one is, a girl who's from a really difficult family situation, she's looking for a way out, and she meets a guy that loves, loves her, her yeah. and wants to wants her to be his girlfriend. He buys her clothes. He give, gives her a car. He makes love to her. He says, you're my Everything, whatever. Right? Yep. And then after a couple of months, six weeks, he says, now, baby, for us you got to do your part. I've done all this for you. Now you got to do your part. So those type of sex trafficking victims don't even know they're sex trafficked victims. Mm -hmm. They end up, and even these ones that start out as children being trafficked by their parents become prostitutes, right? And prostitutes are just like, well, I guess I'm a prostitute. But most prostitutes were victims of vulnerability and criminal activity when they were young yeah and that's what we found but people think prostitutes oh the woman of the night right the evil woman she's bad woman no they're usually victims of sexual abuse you know it's i do a lot of um counseling life coaching um and i went through a series of of women uh who that i worked with who came to me and uh you know they came for something different but what i what i found was i in a row i had four women who were ex-strippers who all told exactly the same story. I was sexually abused as a child. I got addicted to drugs. I ended up being a prostitute, became a stripper, la, 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 la. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the story was just, it's so... The same. The same, you hear the, the same. same story, and it's mm-hmm. the same heartbreaking story over and over and yep. over again. Yep. And and bringing healing to those women is, is powerful, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, they have to walk through, like, they have to walk through a forgiveness of the, mm-hmm. of the person who victimized them as a young child. And, and, you know, I also am a nurse by trade, by education, I'm a nurse. And I, and I spent some time working in a children and adolescent mental health facility. And that facility had, um, had a, a, a sexually, uh, a sexually traumatized abuse recovery unit mm-hmm. on it. And so we had awesome. children from age six to age 18 who, who were all sexual, uh, sexually uh, traumatized victims. Mm. 
But what they were also was every one of them was a sexually uh, a sexual perpetrator. Mm-hmm. They had all tur- flipped the script and became yep. sexual perpetrators. I mean, yep. like we have six-year-old sexual perpetrators, yep. and uh, and it's all because of the inappropriate way that they're introduced into sex right. as a as a young child. That's right. And uh, so it happens everywhere. Everywhere. I promise you, it's in your Everywhere. neighborhood. Everywhere, absolutely. It's in your, and I don't know a family. I really don't know a family that hasn't been affected by drug abuse no. or drug addiction or no. drug some kind of. I don't know any no. family somewhere in their no. family that's happened. Um, I and anywhere that there is drug abuse, there is the tendency for sexual for human trafficking mm-hmm. and for mm-hmm. sexual abuse and all of those kinds of things. And yep. so, wonderful for um, what would if you were going to give a young girl advice. What would you say? Maybe she's already been sexually traumatized. Tell me, what would you say to her? You know, I would say to her the same thing I'm going to say to her mom, her dad, her brother, to everyone in society. Melissa, we've got to learn our value. Absolutely. And and, and that's not, it's a lifelong journey. Mm-hmm. You and I are on that journey. For sure. But the reason people abuse others is because they don't know their own value as a human being made in the image of God, and they certainly don't know the value of that child right. that's made in the image of God. Um, that is the sickness that is in our human beings, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. is the sickness that caused Cain to kill Abel. And so what I would say to, to that young girl is, uh, you have a value that you have not discovered and find people in your life that value you whether that be a church whether that be a school whether that be your school counselor whether that be a friend's parents uh, whether that be a friend follow people that make you feel good and valued not people that make you feel cheap and and, and that's the difficult part, Melissa, because the trafficker is so psychologically manipulative. And they're so convincing. They, they give them that feeling mm-hmm. of value mm-hmm. that sucks them in. I mean, what what it feels great to feel really sexy, like you're desirable and like somebody wants you. They right. want wanting you lustfully, though, is not the same thing as love, and and people know that right in their core. Sure, but we we need to fix our society, Melissa. It's mm-hmm. not just the girls it's not the perpetrators it's the moms and the dads that raise the perpetrators it's the moms and the dads that raise the victims it's at every level we need to fix it for sure so if 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 by chance and i believe that our podcasts are ordered by the lord and they find their way into hands of people who might need them if a a young girl or a young boy can be tracked don't Mm -hmm. don't think that this only happens to girls it happens to boys too right and so if you're a if you're a woman or a man or a boy or a girl and you find yourself in a place where uh you recognize like i gotta get some help like Mm -hmm. i I don't see an out. Uh, I'm being abused. I'm being victimized. Could mm-hmm. they contact BDS? Would you be able to help them connect to the right place? You know, since since we don't have a Oklahoma shelter at this point, I would recommend they contact the Dragonfly Home, okay, which is a local uh, shelter uh, shelter and help for human trafficking victims. The Dragonfly Home, Dayspring Villa is one in Sand Springs, and Divis uh, Domestic Violence. Um, services in Tulsa but if they do contact us say through our website or something like that we will certainly get them to the help that they need okay and and sometimes people just need like can I just or 911 911 honestly Melissa 
our 911 responders, they're trained to handle you know, okay. traffic issues. There is hope. Yes. And and no matter where you're at in this life, whether you find yourself in a, like right now, I feel like Holy Spirit is saying to me that this, that, that this particular podcast is going to find its way into the hands of a girl who mm-hmm. feels completely hopeless and completely helpless to, to get out of the situation she's in. And I, Holy Spirit wants you to know that there is hope. Mm-hmm. There is absolutely powerful hope for you. This is not what God has called you to be in. This is not where God wants you. He has a He has a purpose. You are valuable. You have worth, and you need to reach out. Dial nine one one. Tell them you need help. Uh, email beautifuldream.tv. Say, can somebody help me? They will help you get to the right people. Mm-hmm. Uh, contact me at our website at bridgebuildermm.org. You are not alone. You do not deserve this. This is not what you are created for. Mm-hmm. And we want to help you. So if that is you and you hear this, then you know what? There is help. There you are not alone. And we will believe you and we will trust you and we will help you connect to people who will give you help. So thank you, Jennifer. Mm, like I just pleasure. feel like Holy Spirit has totally anointed this particular podcast because there are people out there who need to have uh, a hope. Yes. If you're a mom, if you're a, uh, you know, if you're a child, if there is hope for everyone, yeah, and there is help for yes. everyone. Yes, there's help for everyone, Melissa. It's no situation no. is is beyond a miraculous transformation. Right. Maybe you've been a perpetrator, and yeah. you've 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 had to live that yep. you know with the guilt and the shame of that there's help for you too yeah right most perpetrators were abused they were victims first mm-hmm. right and and i agree with that so uh really don't don't hesitate to reach out respond to one of us a beautiful dream.tv uh bridgebuildermm.org that's ways that you can contact both of us uh you can also don't forget that jennifer is an author and her books are for sale on beautiful dream maybe you maybe you want to make charitable donations you could do that straight to beautiful dream.tv there's a donation uh, button on her page and um, this is an important conversation this is an important conversation so thanks for coming back for part two super happy to have you here we don't even have to run through the fun stuff at the end because I think God just put a period at the end of this and go. so um, always remember that no matter where you're at in life no matter what you've been through God doesn't waste anything and he will use everyone every part of our life for his glory so until next time we'll see you later